Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week, we're going to be recapping the 2021 film, Afterlife of the Party, starring Victoria Justice, Midori Francis, and Robin Scott. From the very beginning of the movie, I'm instantly jealous because we have these really cute girls. They live in San Diego and they have the cutest apartment I've ever seen. I hate how movies always show these awesome apartments. And I want to be like, how is she affording that? Right. So our main character, Cassie, I mean, she looks like a Victoria's Secret model. You know, she's Mm -hmm. tall. She's thin dark features, just perfect looking. She lives with her best friend, Lisa, and Lisa's a little more reserved. She is super cute and adorable, and she is much more reserved. You know, she's going to wear a cardigan, all right? She's going to bring a cardigan in case it gets cool. Right. (laughs) And you know what? In San Diego, this is accurate. It doesn't matter what the temperature is during the day, you need a cardigan because it always gets cool at night. Cassie, on the other hand, is just going out right from the gate wearing a cropped fur jacket. Yes. So these girls, they've been friends since they were little, very little. Little, little. Yeah. And I think it's everyone's dream to grow up with your childhood best friend and then move in together. And they seem to love each other. But from the very beginning, you could tell they're opposites. Mm -hmm. They're not the same. It is Cassie's birthday. Cassie wants to go out. She wants to have a good time. She wants to go hit the club. She wants to party. Mm -hmm. And Lisa's exhausted. She just got home from work. She has an extremely demanding job right now. She's a paleontologist. And she's like, what if instead of going out, we ordered noodles Mm -hmm. and did a puzzle and watched TV in our pajamas? Listen, I want to be best friends with Lisa because that sounds amazing. That sounds like my kind of night. You're telling me we're going to order takeout. We're going to put our jammies on. Yeah. We're going to watch TV. and We're going to do a puzzle. Yes. Like, can we watch a true crime documentary? I know. Because that would just be like the creme de la creme. I know. (laughs) It sounds perfect. But yeah, Cassie is obviously a party girl. So it's her 25th birthday. It's actually the week of her 25th birthday. (laughs) It's not not even her birthday. Yeah, she calls it Cassie Palooza. Lisa caves and decides, you know what? Fine, we'll go out. On their way out of their apartment, they bump into this guy carrying a box. This guy has dark blonde hair, kind of shaggy. He reminds me of a type of dog, but I can't put my hands on it. He has like that scruff on his face. He has a British accent. Yeah, but not the cool British accent. It's like the pretentious British accent. Uh Uh-huh. Do you know the one that is like usually reserved for professors? Listen, I'm into it, though. (laughs) I'm into it. We can't. I mean, beggars can't be choosers. We must take our accents however they come. He's moving into the apartment down the hall from them. And Lisa is instantly just smitten with this man. Yeah, they have a little interaction and they're making eyes Mm -hmm. at each other. But neither one of them makes a move. Yeah. Cassie and Lisa get to the club. I think it's like the first club of the night Mm because there's going to be several. They get to the club. (laughs) Cassie's. Uh, I'm tired already. (laughs) I know. (laughs) My feet hurt and I'm not even there. (laughs) She's wearing heels, too. Yeah. Cassie, birthday girl Cassie, she is just so popular. She just skips the line. Yeah. 
Cassie does not wait in line. Dude, she goes up to the bouncer. The bouncer's like, hey, Cassie, and lets her in. And you know what? I don't care about clubs, but I love the idea of being able to cut a line. Can I cut the line at the DMV? That's my goal. Yes. Like walking in and the guy's like, hey, Courtney, come on. He opens up the little divider and he's like, go ahead. We've been saving the number one slot for you. Dude, that's like my dream. I want to skip the line at pickup drop-off line. Mm-hmm. Would it be so popular at the school that I just get to go the wrong way yeah. through the parking lot and park right in front and get my kids? Yeah, dude. So we had a little family vacation in Dominican Republic and mm-hmm. there was a guy that helped us with our luggage. We gave him $20 and he like led us through like the shortcut. I think we skipped customs like for 20 bucks. He just like led us all the way to the front of the taxi line. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? If, it, if all it takes to bypass customs is a 20, listen. I felt like royalty. I was like, hey. <laughs> I have some other business ventures that I'd like to pursue if I can skip customs for a 20. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? All of our all of our talk uh-huh. about forming our own mafia, like listen. Dominican Republic might be it. I don't know. What's what's Dominican Republic's drug? Like America's is meth. Is it meth, though? I feel like it's Oxycontin is uh, America's drug. Uh, let's see. What is the most popular? Is OxyClean the number one? <laughs> um, we are see. very clean. We love our laundry clean. Benzos. Benzos is the most popular. And what's that? Xanax. Okay. You know what? I, I ain't even mad because if you lived in America, you need to calm the fuck down too. You know, yeah, I think I think they should at this point put Xanax in the water. It's time to bring Quaaludes back. What is Quaaludes? Quaaludes is like a 1950s drug for housewives to calm them down. Oh, girl. It's to make them docile and subservient. Uh, okay. Is there a correlation between getting rid of those and the Women's March? Our predecessors, girl boss, too close to the sun. Now we have to work full time, <laughs> raise children, and do it unmedicated. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> so bullshit. So Cassie and Lisa get to the club, and mm-hmm. Cassie she meets up with her group of party animal friends, and she's in the center of the dance club. She's enjoying herself. Cassie's with her party people, and Lisa's. Lisa's trying, but Lisa's this ain't it for her. It kind of hurt my heart a little bit because Lisa tries to cut in to the dance circle. She tries to be part of it because obviously Lisa's not a partier, but she's trying to have fun for her friend's birthday. Mm-hmm. And instead, she gets unintentionally punted off to the side. And you know what? She's trying to stick to it because it's her girl's birthday. But when they leave that first club and they're going to a different venue, Lisa's kind of like, hey, girl, I I think I'm going to bail. Happy birthday. I love you. But like, I'm going to go home. Honestly, same. Lisa is me. I am Lisa. I feel like I'm watching a a documentary about myself. The thing, too, is like when someone says like, hey, let's go out to the club. And then you go out to the club and you think, "Okay, it's over. And then they're like another club. And you're like, hold on. (laughs) I I had to do a lot of mental preparation for one club. And now you're stacking another one. Yeah, baby, two clubs. I, I can't do it today. See, the way my uh the way my energy account is set up is I get deposits mm-hmm. every Thursday and <laughs> listen, I can try to transfer some, but I'm going to need a nap first, all right? Lisa has reached kind of the end of her patience for the night and she's like, "Cassie, do you not realize these people are terrible? 
Okay, to be fair to Cassie, I don't see how these friends are so terrible. Maybe Lisa has information we don't have, but all we Mm -hmm. saw is these people partying. We didn't see them do anything terrible, so. Yeah, all we saw is them partying. We don't see them doing anything terrible, but they seem pretty shallow, honestly. Like, these are probably just party friends. But yes, Lisa does get into it with Cassie, and she tells her, like, these friends are obnoxious. You know, Mm -hmm. she says they don't care if you get hurt. Lisa basically says, I'm not having a good time, and I want to go home. Lisa says, friendship shouldn't feel like work. Lisa basically accuses Cassie of being shallow. She basically tells her, all you care about is partying. And Cassie snaps back, and she says that, Lisa doesn't care about her life. And I think this is a long time coming. I think this is just two people Mm -hmm. realizing that they don't have much in common aside from having known each other for a long time. Yeah. So they they have a friend breakup and it's really sad because Cassie just says, basically, I guess some friendships weren't meant to last then. Right. She says, I don't want to stay friends out of habit. And it's like, Mm -hmm. ouch. But I mean, honestly, true. (laughs) Yeah. So Cassie goes and joins her party friends and Lisa goes home and goes to bed. Next thing we know, Cassie is stumbling home that night. You Mm -hmm. know, she's pretty drunk, but I think she does feel guilty about the fight with Lisa. So she tries to knock on Lisa's door. Lisa Mm -hmm. hears the knock, but doesn't answer. She's just not ready to talk to her yet. Her feelings were hurt and she needs some time, which is fine. Cassie, she goes to the puzzle that they were working on previously. It's a Mona Lisa puzzle. And Cassie being drunk ends up just kind of swiping it onto the floor. She instantly regrets it because puzzles are Cassie and Lisa's thing. It's kind of the Mm -hmm. one thing that they've held on to from their childhood. And the one thing that they really have in common is that they love, you know, working on puzzles together. Mm -hmm. And this particular puzzle was of the Mona Lisa and they had lost a piece. They weren't able to finish it. Yeah. It was her smile. Mona Lisa was missing her smile. How ironic. (laughs) Right. Is she smiling, though? I don't know if she's smiling. Do you feel like it's the ultimate fuck you to the patriarchy that everyone refers to it as the Mona Lisa smile, but she really just looks disinterested? The Mona Lisa just looks like she's existing. Yeah, yeah. And men are like, she's smiling at us. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're so right. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly it. Oh, my gosh. But... Cassie falls asleep in the morning. She's hungover as hell. Yeah. Stumbles her way into the bathroom. She loses her balance, grabs onto the towel rack. And if you've ever seen a towel rack before, you know that they could hold maybe three pounds maximum. The towel rack flies off of the wall. Cassie's body literally like flings itself onto the toilet where her head smacks the edge of the toilet And then she falls to the ground. She falls to the ground. Her eyes are open. And I said out loud, holy shit. Like (laughs) I was not expecting that. So I knew the premise of the movie. And I honestly thought she was going to get hit by a car, which seems much more likely. Right. Yeah. I thought it was going to be more of an accident in that sense. But the movie has very chill vibes. Okay. So don't get sad on us because Cassie actually wakes up in another world. She doesn't really wake up there. She just sort of appears in this super cute little apartment. She sees a screen with her death playing out on it and some woman's watching it. Yeah. So this woman, is she's an older woman. Her name is Val. And she mm-hmm. tells Cassie that she is her handler throughout this transition. Cassie has not went up, nor has she went down. Cassie is in the middle To determine her fate. Right. So Val tells her that the in-between is for those people who have unfinished business. Yeah. So Cassie is 
like, you're wrong. I don't, I don't have any unfinished business. You know, like, can I talk to the bouncer? Like, they know me. <laughs> they can just get me on an elevator up. Yeah. No, obviously, Cassie goes through her whole, like, is this a dream? Am I hallucinating? Da da da. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the regular incredulous thing that you would expect from someone that was just told what she was told. I don't know. Honestly, I feel like I would need a minute if I just found out that I died. I would be a little sad. I would be a little depressed. I would be a little worried. I would have follow-up questions. Cassie has none of that. Where's my dog? Yeah. How are my kids? Where is my husband? Did he move on? <laughs> like, can I haunt Courtney? <laughs> yeah. Can I haunt Rose? <laughs> I always tell Rose I'm going to haunt her if I die. I'm so excited about it. I would feel so special. So Val, Cassie's guide, says... Honey, listen, it's not that hard. You have five days to finish your unfinished business. You have five days to make things right with those who you have unfinished business with. Val gives Cassie a list and there's three people on there. Cassie's dad, Cassie's mom, and Cassie's best friend, Lisa. Yeah, you know what? With the power that student loans have over us, I'm surprised Sally Mae isn't on there. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yo, yo. No, that's a good point that Sally Mae doesn't have like some deal with the afterlife where it's like, "Uh uh-uh, you cannot. No, you cannot just die and not pay your student loans. Yeah, like it's, if you don't pay your student loans, you go to hell. They have you up there doing like an MLM in the (laughs) in-between, selling LuLaRoe leggings to try to make up the money. Hey, hey girl, long time. (laughs) No talk. Have you have you heard that I'm a health coach now? There are certain people I would wish that for. It's just like a hostage video where she's talking into a camera reading off for your commitment of only $39.95 after your $400 enrollment fee. I cannot be tortured in hell. (laughs) So Val does this thing where she snaps her finger and she transports Cassie and herself to this house on a beach. Cassie goes, this is my dad's house. They go into the house. Cassie's dad, he looks rough. He looks like a zombie. He's just kind of zoning out watching TV. He looks scruffy and rough like he is hungover as hell. He's eating a lot of junk food and drinking beer, which wouldn't sound weird except for the fact that Cassie's dad is an avid health nut. He is, Mm -hmm. he does yoga. He's actually a yoga instructor. And so seeing his house in disarray and seeing him eating things he normally wouldn't and Mm -hmm. not doing anything with his life, it really shocks Cassie. Yeah. And she's like, no, like my, this is not my dad. My dad makes his own kombucha. What is going on? Val says he's been like this since you passed. Cassie finds out she's been gone for a year. I mean, it's coming on a year. So her one year Mm -hmm. anniversary of her death is coming up. Cassie's dad, by the way, cannot see them. No one can see them or hear them. And Val explains this. She's like, you can't communicate with them. Val then takes Cassie to see Cassie's mom, who left when she was little. And Cassie's, it wasn't that her parents just got a divorce. Cassie's mom literally just upped, left, and went no contact. Yeah, dude, that's some dirtbag shit, man. You know, it's dirtbag shit when a dad does it, but I feel like it's worse when a mom does it. Is that sexist, though? I think so. 
Cassie has no interest in kind of making up with her mom. She's like, no, she's on my list. I don't want anything to do with her. Yeah. She's like, no, I guess I'm going to hell because (laughs) I ain't talking to that bitch. (laughs) For someone as stubborn as Courtney, literally Courtney, if Courtney didn't like the people on her list, she would just, she, she would walk herself to hell. Yeah. Just, you know what? Like I'm going to sit in this cozy apartment for the next five days. (laughs) I'm going to go try and haunt some people. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be back in five days for my ride down. Yeah. So the last person that Val takes Cassie to see is obviously Lisa. So Lisa is still living her normal life. She's Mm -hmm. still working as a paleontologist. But the thing is that Lisa has been burying herself at work. She Mm -hmm. has no social life. She has no friends. She's just been work, work, work for the past year. And she has a new roommate who is the exact opposite of both Lisa and Cassie. Yeah, it's almost like Lisa found a roommate with the intention of not caring if that roommate dies suddenly, which like fair, you know, Mm -hmm. I understand with her experience, she would want to not care about her roommate this time around. Yeah, like, you know what? Like, if she dies, she dies. I I hate to say it, but... What strikes me is that Cassie also doesn't want to make things right with Lisa. She's also like, oh, no, I don't want to do this. And it it kind of annoyed me because I'm like, girl, why are you being such a snob? You have a second chance. Right. Bestie feelings don't just turn off like that. Right. Yeah. Like, she didn't, like, fuck your husband or anything. You know, like, it's... Right. So to make things a little more spicy, Val tells Cassie that she only has five Earth days to get closure from all these people. And the only way that she'll know she did this is if their names disappear from the list that she has. Yeah, like you have unfinished business, but I'm not going to tell you what that unfinished business is. You have to figure that out. It's just like the IRS. Oh, God. Yeah. You have to figure out how much you owe. But if you get it wrong, you're going to hell. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we know how much you owe, but we're not going to tell you. They're so gangster, man. I love the IRS. Straight up thugs. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up fucking. It's We already said it. The IRS is a fucking mafia. All right. Cassie is pushing back a little bit. I like asking if she could edit the list. Like, hey, are there other Mm -hmm. people? Like, could I take my mom and Lisa off the list? Uh, Yeah. And Val is like, you're not understanding me. If you don't get closure from these people, you are going downstairs and you don't Mm want to go downstairs. Cassie doesn't look like she would survive in a freaking county jail, let alone freaking hell. Cassie, after hearing this information, has a change of heart and she decides to start with Lisa. And she doesn't understand how she's supposed to fix things with Lisa when Lisa Mm -hmm. can't see her. Lisa can't talk to her. Cassie follows Lisa to work, finds out that the lead researcher on this project that Lisa's on is leaving the project and picking a replacement. Mm -hmm. Lisa's scared to put her name on there. She walks to the board and looks at the list and then just turns around and leaves. Lisa is intimidated by the list because all Mm -hmm. of the best people at her job have signed up already. And so she doesn't put her name on the list. Then that night, as Lisa is sleeping, super creepy, by the way, Cassie is still watching her. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Cassie doesn't need to sleep because she's dead. And instead, Mm -hmm. Cassie starts humming. She starts singing. Lisa starts kind of humming in her sleep. Lisa wakes up from her sleep. She sees this glittery orb sort of cloud. And then Cassie comes into view. And Lisa's like, I have obviously hit a wall with my mental health. 
Yes. And I need immediate assistance. Yes. I need a glass of Sanix water, please. Yes. Um, yeah. No, obviously, Lisa doesn't take this very well. She screams. She runs to the opposite end of the room. Mm-hmm. She keeps saying, you're not here. She actually says, I don't believe in whatever you are, which I think is hilarious because, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, it, it might be a demon. Like, you know, it's very possible. You know what? Is something wrong with me that if a dead loved one reappeared to me, demon would not cross my mind and maybe it should. I don't know that it would cross my mind, too. I think especially because you're mourning, you know, Mm -hmm. and you see that person. And I think there's a part of you that wants it to all be a mistake and that person to still be alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Lisa is determined that she has snapped and lost her mind and she's determined Mm -hmm. to ignore Cassie. So Cassie follows Lisa around that day as well. And Lisa just ignores her and she's she's seeming more crazy by ignoring her than she would just talking to her. Lisa, to those around her, probably looks like she's finally hitting a mental breakdown. Yes. The work is getting to her. Right. Cassie goes to get some guidance from Val. She's Mm -hmm. like, you told me this couldn't happen and it's happening. Yeah. And Val's like, well, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. It's somebody that is close to you that normally can see you, you know, somebody that you have a strong attachment to prior to death. Yeah, Val tells her that it's really rare and it usually only happens when people are extraordinarily connected, like soulmates. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, imagine you go see your husband and you think he's your soulmate and he's like texting a Susan and he can't even see you. And you're like, you liar. (laughs) I would be going to Susan's house. Not today. Yeah. Not on the anniversary of my death slash birthday. Absolutely not. Like a year is not enough, sir. I don't even see any tears in your eyes. You know what? Also, the fact that Cassie woke up and it's and it was a year after her death. Like, I would want to see my own funeral. I would want to know who went. I would want to know what they said. I would want to know what mm-hmm. kind of, you know, what kind of outfit they picked out for me before they cremated me. Because I want to be cremated in a really cute outfit. <laughs> yeah. I would want to know, like, who cried, who didn't cry, yeah. who didn't fucking cry, who didn't fucking cry because they're on my hot list. <laughs> yeah. Like, who got really drunk at my funeral? If my funeral is not BYOB, like, I don't want it. Okay. <laughs> Cassie goes back to Lisa. She follows Lisa home after work and Lisa stops by a bakery And Mm -hmm. apparently it's the one year anniversary of that bakery opening. So Cassie's never been in there. Cassie doesn't know Mm -hmm. the owner, but Lisa seems to have a connection with this owner. They seem to be they seem to be like friends. The owner's name is Emmy. She's so cute. She's also English. There's a lot of English people in San Diego, apparently. (laughs) Emmy has the personality and the aesthetic that I wish I could pull off. What you mean, like the eclectic grandmother? Yes, I want to be eclectic grandmother. But if I dress like an eclectic grandmother, I look like the pigeon lady from Home Alone. I don't believe you. I think you could pull it off. I want to see it. I try to look like cute and cottage core and stuff. And they're like, why is the sea hag out of the forest? <laughs> like it's put her back in the forest. <laughs> Children are screaming. Somebody threw change in my Starbucks. <laughs> they took the lid off my frappe to put the change in it. <laughs> oh my God, Courtney. So 
you know, Cassie is not letting up. Lisa keeps trying to avoid Cassie, but she's Mm -hmm. not letting up. So Cassie finally corners Lisa in her room and tells her why she's there. Yeah, she's like, Lisa, listen, I know you're mad. I was kind of mad, but you don't understand the severity of the situation. If I don't finish our unfinished business in five days, I'm going to go to hell. I think Lisa just gives up and she's like, okay, if I'm crazy, I'm crazy. I'm going to hang out with my dead bestie. Yeah. And Lisa's like, listen, I heard you knock on my door that night. And I feel like this is all my fault because if I would have just had you come in, everything would have been different. You wouldn't have died. And if I would have known that was going to be our last conversation, I never would have said any of those things. Yeah. But Cassie tells her that she thinks it was her time and she was meant to die. Yeah. They're spending time together. They're working on a puzzle, which is Mm -hmm. their thing. Are they working on a Mona Lisa puzzle? Yeah, they're still working on the Mona Lisa puzzle. Cassie comes to a realization that the way she can help Lisa heal is by, you know, hooking her up with that cute neighbor. Cassie and Lisa were pretty into music. And there's this one artist named Coop who was an up-and-coming artist they really liked before Cassie died. And there is a connection between Coop and the cute neighbor Max, right? Yeah, I think he helped him previously with like writing music. Cassie gets the idea to play Coop's music super loud, which then encourages Max to come to the door and kind of Mm -hmm. uh, initiate conversation with Lisa. He comes and he's like, hey, heard you're listening to Coop. Actually, you know, he's a friend. He invited me to come see his new music video tomorrow. Um, I was just kind of wondering, you like Coop? I like Coop. We (laughs) could go like Coop together. Cassie's standing there, right? She's witnessing this whole thing. So Lisa is acting so bizarre because... Mm She is obviously nervous. She's talking to her crush, but then Mm -hmm. also her best friend is kind of just telling her what to say. And Lisa looks a little unhinged, to be honest with you. But she invites him in and Max is looking right past these red flags, to be completely honest. (laughs) Max is smitten and he's just like, you know what? If she's crazy, she's crazy, I guess. (laughs) I guess I have a type. But the other thing that occurred to me is that obviously Max was in the building when Cassie died. And I wonder if there's a part of him that wondered if Lisa, you know, took her out. You know what? I didn't think about that, but I wonder how many people were like, they had a fight. Yes, they had a fight and then she ended up dead with blunt force trauma. And there looks like there might have been a scuffle in the bathroom. No, that's interesting. I wonder if there was an investigation. Probably not because the cops probably took one look at Lisa like, nah, not her. Lisa and Max have a lot in common, actually. Mm -hmm. They both love puzzles and they both love music. Mm -hmm. And they're feeling each other, but things get really weird. He It looks like he leans in for a kiss. Listen, bro wasn't wasting any time. He was like, he's probably been thinking about this for a whole fucking year. Right. And he's like, gotta shoot my shot. Yeah. (laughs) Max leans in to kiss Lisa and Lisa's like, oh, <laughs> I have to work. You should go. Yeah. Lisa freaks out. Things get really awkward. Max leaves. Lisa is freaking out in her room that she messed things up with her crush. Mm-hmm. Cassie's witnessing the freak out. Cassie excuses herself for a second, does the little angel ghost pop into Max's apartment. Max is literally having the same exact monologue that Lisa is having. Right. And so Cassie realizes like, okay, these two are meant for each other. I have to figure out how to make this work. So that night, while Lisa and Max are sleeping in their own separate beds and apartments, 
Cassie does this elaborate plan. She takes all of Lisa's clothes, except for one coop shirt that she hangs up in the closet. She unplugs Lisa's phone so her alarm doesn't go off. She takes all of these coop coasters and like postcards and leads them from Max's bedroom to his chalkboard that say, go to coop music video. And she orchestrates this cute little meet cute. Yeah, I don't know how she knows that he's going to walk out of his apartment at exactly the same time that Lisa is rushing to work, but that's exactly what happens. He goes out of his apartment. He walks right into her as she's rushing to get to work because she's late, and he sees her wearing the coop shirt. He remembers the note on his chalkboard that he didn't write, and he's just like, all right, fuckery. Like, this is <laughs> weird. And he's like, hey, um, did you want to go to that music video thing with me, you know, today at four? He invites her to the music video and she agrees. I mean, no follow-up questions as to who wrote on his chalkboard. By the way, his only clue is that Lisa broke into his apartment in the middle of the night and orchestrated this. And he's still into it. And he's still into it. This man likes crazy. I don't know. Can I get his number? <laughs> How crazy are we talking? Because <laughs> there's a spectrum and I can stop some pills. I can get to whatever level you want me to. <laughs> yeah, so Cassie decides, you know what? We're going to knock this list off. Her dad's out for a walk and she goes to his house, cleans up the place. She sets up his little yoga studio on his patio. Yeah. And she just kind of waits. Dad gets back from his walk. He walks right past it at first. And then he turns back. He looks at it. And then he looks up at the sky. And he goes, OK, universe, I can take a hint. And I'm like, no. No, see, that's not the universe doesn't move physical objects. You know what I mean? Like the universe doesn't set out your yoga mat. You need to ask some more questions, my bro. Yeah. But like, honestly, like somebody broke into your house and cleaned it for you. Like, <laughs> I'm not asking follow up questions. OK, no, I will tell you right now, I don't care how nice a ghost is. I don't want my shit being moved inexplicably. Leave it alone. No, if they're cleaning, they can stay. Move whatever the fuck you want. You know you know what, though? It is the best strategy for paranormal shit to just ignore it, to just pretend nothing happened. Mm -hmm. That's the best strategy. Somebody comes over to your house and literally like your coffee pot just starts. The TV turns on and people are like, what the fuck? And you're like, just don't pay it any attention. Yeah, just don't even worry. If you ignore it, it doesn't get worse. So, I mean, it looks like Cassie is making some leeway on her mm -hmm. list and she only has five days to get this done and she's already on day two. Mm -hmm. Cassie checks her list and none of the names have disappeared. So she still has work mm -hmm. to do. Cassie actually decides to tag along on the date between Max and Lisa because she's like, I, I can't pass up the opportunity to see Coop live and in person. Right, because Cassie is a huge fan of this Coop singer guy. Mm -hmm. So Cassie tags along. She rides it along in the back seat, and she has a blast at the music video. She's dancing, shaking her butt. Doesn't it look like he can see her? It does, but I don't think he could. Yeah. I think it's the way she positioned herself to where she's like, <laughs> he's singing to me. In, in the middle of this music video, Val brings her back to her purgatory apartment, and she looks really disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, Val is like, girl, what part of you're about to go to hell in a couple days do you not understand? You know, could you stop yeah. being such a hoe for two seconds? God damn it, Cassie. <laughs> like Max and Lisa's date goes really well. 
she ends up staying the night at his place. Yeah, I guess they stay up all night talking about everything they have in common and Mm -hmm. they confess that they've been into each other since day one, which I just have to say, it's a little bit of a turnoff that this man has been into this woman that lives a door over and he never made a move. I don't know. Lisa didn't make a move either. I know, but I think she did enough giving him the eyes for him to be brave enough. Like if a man is not brave enough to go up and kind of risk rejection, then that means that he's going to be that guy that's going to be really hard to break up with because he's just going to avoid you for five years. Mm -hmm. You're going to be married with two kids and you never broke up with Max. Cassie's super happy for Lisa. She tells Lisa, she's like, all right, Next step, you're going to go get that promotion. Cassie's having emotions right now because she's Mm -hmm. seeing Lisa start a new relationship. She's seeing Lisa being up Mm -hmm. for a promotion. And Cassie's realizing that her life is over. Lisa is going to move on. Cassie died at 25 and she's never going to have a career, a family. Yeah, and she's sort of mourning the loss of getting to see her best friend grow. She's like, I'm never going to see you get married. Never going to see you have kids i'm never going to see those kids dominate at the science fair like i'm never going to see you succeed in other areas of your life and reach milestones like the fact of being dead is finally really hitting cassie yeah yeah it is hitting her finally because she has been i don't know i like i said i think i would need a solid week to just be espresso depresso about the fact that i'm dead For her to just wake up in another world, be told, hey, you're dead and you have five days to come up with a way to make closure. I need a minute. Like, damn, I need a minute. Yeah, that's fair. They hug it out that night. You know, it feels like they make amends, really, you know. And then Lisa thinks that Cassie's done with her. You know, she thinks Cassie's leaving. Lisa goes into work the next day. She walks her ass over to that sign-up sheet. She picks up the pen, and then she freezes a little bit. And she's like, Cassie, I wish you were here. Cassie pops up behind her like, oh, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Do it. Write your name. Write your name. Do it. And she does. She signs up. She's the very last name on the list. Lisa wants to help Cassie, okay? Because mm-hmm. obviously Lisa is the only person on earth that can see Cassie. And so Lisa offers to help Cassie make amends with her mom. Lisa calls Cassie's mom and was like, hey, can I come over? Lisa goes over there and they go out on the back porch. Lisa's sort of speaking for Cassie. You know, Cassie's like, ask her this. And she's like, Cassie always wanted to know why you left. You know, why was it? Was it something Cassie did? The mom explains that she was young and she thought she knew better. She wasn't ready for responsibilities. And the fact that her husband was really loving was suffocating. And it just goes to show that people will find a way to be miserable even when everything's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, it wasn't one reason it was many. But the biggest one is, is that I had this romantic idea of what being a wife and a mother was. That wasn't what my life was. And I panicked and I left. So essentially what's happening here is... It's a seance, but Cassie's mom doesn't know it's a seance. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's communicating with the dead, but she doesn't know it. At one point, Lisa kind of goes off script and asks a question without Cassie asking. Lisa asks, is there anything that you would say to Cassie if Cassie was here now? Cassie's in the background like, I didn't ask that. Stop, stop. And her mom just says that I wish I would have taken her to London, which is a cool place to run away to. You know, at least she didn't like run away to Pennsylvania or some shit. You know, if you're going to leave your family, at least go somewhere cool. (laughs) Right. 
Yeah, so the mom basically speaks her piece. She says, I regret not taking her with me when I left. She says, I may have made a lot of selfish decisions, but the day she was born was the brightest moment of my life and running away was the worst. And she apologizes. She says, I mm-hmm. would tell her I'm so sorry. After this emotional sort of meeting, Cassie goes off on Lisa. She's like, you had absolutely no right to do that. I didn't ask that. Like you said you wanted to help me and you just took it upon yourself to do this. And Lisa basically just says, listen, I have watched you like mourn your mother's loss for a long time. I knew that was something you needed to hear. Cassie's feeling things and she doesn't like it, basically, I think is what's happening. And she's lashing Mm -hmm. out. Cassie goes back to the in-between and she tells Val that she's done. She's just like, I'm done. Like, I don't care. Whatever happens, happens. Val was like, all right, Cassie, listen, I didn't want to have to tell you this. But if you give up now, all the good you've done is going to be undone. And so it's all or nothing, which she didn't Mm -hmm. realize. It's not like you get to go to hell and Mm -hmm. your dad is better and your friend is better. No, it all gets undone. And all of that was for nothing. And so Cassie goes back to Lisa and they end up making up. All three names are still on Cassie's list. Cassie goes to her dad's house. Her mom is there. This is very shocking for Cassie because I don't think her parents have seen each other. They probably saw each other at the funeral. But Mm -hmm. as far as Cassie's concerned, they haven't seen each other in a very long time. Cassie's mom and Cassie's dad are like having tea and they're having a sweet moment where they're talking about their daughter. They're talking about how life was after they split. Yeah. And they're kind of talking about how they miss each other a little bit. Right. Not not in a romantic way, but just sort of the presence of that person. The mom apologizes for walking out and they actually they hug, which I think is probably a big deal. (laughs) At that point, the mom's name disappears from Cassie's list. Yeah. So the mom got her closure that she needed. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way I feel about it is why do you have to feel better about leaving your daughter? You know? Right. Like, no, die mad, die upset. Yeah. <laughs> you left your kid. You just outied. And now it's now your daughter's going to go to hell if she doesn't make you feel better. Oh, my God. This is classic codependency. You know, Yeah. I'm going to hell if I don't make you feel better about the things you did to me. Mm-hmm. The afterlife is bullshit. Cassie goes back to Val and she's like, hey. I have this crazy idea. I want to add somebody to my list. And Val's like, what? Yeah, Val is like, you don't get to pick and choose who's on your list. And Cassie's like, no, listen, I think my dad needs company. I think he he needs someone. And I found someone who would be perfect for him. And honestly, side note, all she knows about that woman is that she owns a bakery and has a British accent. For all she knows, the bakery could be a front for money laundering, but whatever. You know, I think she's desperate. And (laughs) honestly, if she could have like figured it out to where like the drug dealer on the corner could just come check in on her dad, she'd have done it. (laughs) Like it's (laughs) that's true. Val does agree to add the name of the bakery list owner to Cassie's list because Cassie's not supposed to go anywhere that's not related to her list. So that's why Mm -hmm. she needed permission. Cassie sets up this adorable meet cute between her dad and the bakery owner. Cassie goes to her dad's house. 
fills his house with flyers for this bakery's one year anniversary. Yeah, she puts one on the fridge. She puts one on the table and on another table. At this point, I don't know. Do you think that dad thinks that he's just blacking out and doing these things because he lives alone? Do you know what I mean? Like if he had a roommate, he could think like, oh, maybe my roommate put this up. But he lives alone. There's no explanation for flyers to be up around his house. I think dad is just really down with just kind of accepting things. You know, the universe, the paranormal, he's probably like, huh. Do you think he's on drugs and this is just normal for like weird shit to happen? Nah, I don't <laughs> think he's on drugs. Listen, some some people that are into like spirituality and yoga and all that, they'll, they'll do some crazy ass hallucinogenics. So meanwhile, after Cassie does this for her dad and puts all the flyers in his house, she goes to the bakery and she just decks it out. She redecorates it because she decided that the way it was decorated was ugly, which, you know what? It, it worked out for Cassie because the bakery owner was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize this looks better and it's what I needed. Thank you, ghost. And so dad shows up at the bakery. The bakery owner, Emmy, is like, hey, you know, how did you hear about us? He's like, actually, like my house was just filled with these flyers and I don't know what's going on. And the bakery owner is like, huh, me either. I don't know how all this stuff got decorated. I <laughs> I didn't do this. I did already send out flyers, so I'm not really sure. I, I, I can't do anything about it. So I just have to roll with it. <laughs> Can you imagine someone does a B&E? They, they, they do a breaking and entering into your house, but just like decorate because like they got distracted by how terrible your taste is. They're like, I came here for money, but this rug is hideous. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I need to switch this up they end up spending the money they stole from another house i'm redecorating my house <laughs> oh my gosh so the dad and the bakery owner meet and they do mm -hmm. hit it off so dad and bakery owner you know they're making eyes they're flirting at that point lisa and max show up Lisa and Max are together. So they show up to this uh, to this bakery party and Lisa sees Cassie outside. So she goes up. I think this is almost the goodbye because it, there's only a few hours left mm -hmm. for Cassie to, to get this figured out. Lisa tells Cassie, hey, I need you to come find me after the party and stuff. Not during, but after. It has to be after. So Cassie waits and then she goes and finds Lisa at like a river or a lake or something. Lisa is there with Cassie's dad, Cassie's mom, Cassie's half-sister. Mm -hmm. And is the bakery owner there? <laughs> yes. The bakery owner inexplicably is there. Um, and also Max. And what's happening here is it's a little memorial service. It's mm -hmm. a waterside memorial service in honor of Cassie. And Lisa gives this lovely speech about how this week is both happy and sad because this is the time that brought Cassie into their lives, but also the time she was taken away from them. That they're all here because they're connected through Cassie. And, you know, Cassie was, you know, a beautiful soul and they all loved her. She gives them all these paper lanterns and she says, you know, as you place these paper lanterns into the water, they, it will carry their thoughts to Cassie. Whatever message you want to send to mm -hmm. her. Yeah, so Cassie's dad is standing there. He puts down a lantern and then he starts singing. It is a song that he used to sing to her when she was growing up. And Cassie didn't remember it before, but now she remembers it. And 
the way she got initial communication with Lisa was through the humming. Through music. She gets the same idea, so she starts singing the song with Dad. But it's not working, and Lisa can see that Cassie is sort of really upset by this. Lisa comes over, and she starts singing with Dad. Dad starts to see that orb that Lisa saw when she first Mm -hmm. was able to see Cassie. And Cassie turns corporeal right in front of Dad, and Dad's crying. Dad is so upset. Dad is not shocked, though. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. I need this man's backstory because this man has seen some shit. This man (laughs) just saw his daughter who died just appear before him. And he's just like, yep, not the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And he's just staring at her. Cassie tells her dad that she loves him and that she's okay. It was just her time. This is when dad's name finally disappears from the list. But Mm -hmm. Lisa's name is still on the list. Cassie also tells Lisa goodbye, and then she pops back to the apartment they used to share. Val is there. She's like, girl, you are cutting it close. Yeah, she's like, you are minutes. And Cassie's like, no, I know exactly what to do to close the chapter with Lisa. Cassie realizes that in order for her to get closure, she needs to finish the puzzle, the Mona Lisa puzzle. Yeah, so she starts searching the apartment. Val is screaming at her like, Girl, listen, we have to go. At this point, it's down to seconds. When Cassie Mm -hmm. finally finds the last puzzle piece, she goes over and she sets it in. And when she turns to Val, Val looks distraught. Val just says, you're out of time. She missed her deadline. And remember, the rules were if she didn't get it, it was all or nothing. If she didn't get it all done, then it would all be undone. Cassie and Val go back to the purgatory apartment Val goes into like a meeting with her supervisors (laughs) to explain the situation. Wouldn't you have asked to speak to the supervisor first thing? Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk to the representative. I want to talk to the CEO of this whatever this world is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Val comes out of the meeting with the supervisors and Cassie just goes, what did they decide? What did they decide? Yeah, well, Val doesn't know what the final decision is, but I think Val is a little conflicted because she got good news and she got bad news. But the good news is that Val has been promoted. So she's she's really excited about that. And then she's like, well, you broke the rules. They didn't like that you added somebody to your list. You also didn't finish on time. Right. And she just kind of thanks Cassie for getting her the promotion. And then she leads Cassie to an elevator. Right. So this elevator is the moment of truth. Uh, Mm -hmm. There are two buttons. A is for above and V is for below. And Mm -hmm. Cassie, she doesn't know what the final decision is until she sees which way she's going. And she got above. She got above. So Cassie is so excited. This is, you know, what she wanted Uh, Mm -hmm. She gets into the elevator, elevator door shuts, she starts going up, and then it stops and it opens again. That singer that Cassie really, really liked, he gets on the elevator. Yeah, he gets on the elevator and he knows her name. He's just like, hey, Cassie. Um, And she's, you know, first of all, she's like, Uh what in the world is happening? Yeah, she's like, are are you real? She's like poking him. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm real. He said that he was helping out with disaster relief when disaster struck again. Yes. And he just got like an automatic pass to heaven. 
this guy, Coop, which can't be his real name. That's obviously his music name. But, his, mm-hmm. you know, he goes by Coop. And he tells Cassie that he was told they were destined to meet. So he's alluding to them having been soulmates or something. Yeah. Can you imagine this is just a pickup line? I was told that we were destined to meet. Girl, it would work on me. <laughs> it would work on me too. They go up this elevator and they reach the final destination. It is like an outdoor utopia. There's meadows and grass and flowers and trees and a waterfall and a stream. Yeah, they walk out together. Are they holding hands? I feel like they're holding hands. He reaches down and grabs her hand. First of all, this all looks great. I have follow-up questions. Mm -hmm. There's no structures there. So what, are they supposed to build their own structures? Are they... It just, honestly, mm-hmm. it seems so boring. <laughs> it just, there's nothing to do. There's no buildings. There's no Wi-Fi. I would be so bored. I would like to think everybody's heaven is different. Okay. My heaven would not have that much grass. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. My heaven would be a bookstore with lots of little nooks, kind of like a really nice automated, you know, machine that makes lattes. People that entertain me and keep me company, but disappear the second that I'm overwhelmed. And they don't take offense to it? No, they don't take offense. (laughs) So my heaven would be like a Victorian manor Mm. that had like a library in it, but it also has like just kind of space to roam. Okay. It has a lot of little secret passages that I can discover. Um, And then the front yard looks like a little cottage garden, but the backyard is the beach. Wow. Okay. You've thought about this, I feel like. Yeah, no, I have. I mean, there's also, there is puppies in my heaven. Right. I definitely want puppies. Oh my gosh, I do. I want puppies. I don't want like the puppies who have died. I want them just to be like puppies made specifically for my heaven, you know? Right. I don't want ghost puppies. I want heaven puppies. Right, 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 Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, you know, obviously this is painted as the happiest ending that... Mm-hmm. Cassie could possibly have given the fact that she died this guy Coop we know nothing about him first of all except for the fact that he's a famous singer and famous singers don't necessarily have a reputation for being the best monogamous relationship mm-hmm. guys and I feel like there's going to be some desperate housewives shit going down in heaven if there's any other women there mm-hmm. <laughs> yes we have a listener question oh we do yeah the question is what is Rose's problem with pandas. Do you have the name? Yeah, it is Sarah from Pennsylvania. Okay. Hi, Sarah from Pennsylvania. I am so glad that you asked. My issue with pandas stem from the fact that they are so beloved and yet they are the laziest animals that don't contribute anything to their ecosystem or any ecosystem. I don't know if you know this, but Pandas only eat bamboo and they're not supposed to eat bamboo. It's not good for them. It hurts their stomach. They're just too lazy to go look for other types of food. They're supposed to hibernate, but they're too lazy to hibernate like other bears. Number Mm -hmm. one. Number two, pandas are so lazy that they are going extinct and they're going extinct not because they're being hunted, but because they're too lazy to mate. And so humans have had to interfere and work really hard to keep pandas alive. And they, in captivity, pandas are still just as lazy as they are in the wild. And it's hard to get them to procreate. 
And so that's why it's such mm-hmm. a big deal when there's mm-hmm. a panda baby. Like you tell me, does this not make you angry that there are so many resources being spent to keep pandas alive and pandas don't want to be alive? Pandas are your wuthering height. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you for telling us. Thank you so much for your question, Sarah. I hope you continue to listen to us. I, I don't hate people that love pandas. I understand it's like an MLM scheme. Um, I think pandas are running it. No, sorry. Pandas are not running it because they're too lazy. Loving pandas is like a pyramid scheme. If you just if you just follow the money, you realize that everyone's getting duped. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all I have to say. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your feedback and I'm sure Sarah does as well. Yeah, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, more is brewing in on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you next time. Bye.